This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Welcome to today's mini masterclass with me, James Roy. I'm the producer here at Westwards, and today I'm joined by Harja who has told me she only wants to go by her first name, so we'll do that. How are you, Harja? You're one of those artists, are you? Yeah, I'm one of those. I'm the Madonnas of the literary the world. Madonnas of the literary world. Okay, well, <laughs> fair enough. So you've been, you've been associate producer here for a couple of years, really, haven't you? Almost, almost three years, actually. Almost three years, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But today is... We're about to go into your last week here. Yeah, yeah. So we're sad to see you go, but you're off to do some other things because you're a... You're an artist as well as being a... Uh, yes, yeah. I'm a writer myself, so I'm going to focus on that, writing a book at the moment. Yeah, can you tell us what it's about? What's the, the, the big que- question everyone asks? What's it about, Harja? What's it about? It's about a lot of things. It's about a young woman who is trying to figure out what home means to her um, in the context of being disowned by her family and in the context of being from an immigrant family where her only real access to her heritage was through her family and so she's lost that now and she's trying to find out how to forge her own form of family and her own form of home and this is a this is a story that's been told many times mm-hmm. over yeah. in different from different groups and different ethnicities and different cultures and in different ways. Uh, I guess it's just a pretty universal kind of story, isn't it? Yeah, I think family and home are such universal things. Yeah. yeah. So your your background, uh, your family's Iraqi, correct? Yes, Iraqi. Iraqi. Uh, both, yeah, both my parents are Iraqi, but I was born and raised in Australia. Yeah. Um, so is the character in your, your novel... Yes, my character's Iraqi. I did think about... I definitely wanted them to be of an Arab background. Initially, I wrote them as Palestinian because I I grew up with it with a lot of Palestinians. I was raised in part by Palestinians, so... You're also a a filmmaker or you've you've been involved in Mm -hmm. film. You're one of the writers for Halal Girls. Yes, uh, for yeah, I was one of the writers, and eventually somehow became one of the actors. <laughs> yeah, you got to roll your eyes a lot and say things like, "Oh my God, you're so lame," that sort of thing. Right? Yeah, hashtags. hashtags. A lot of oh, hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I recognised you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, so you've been involved in that. You've been involved in writing for theatre as well, I believe. And um, I've. I'm writing my own kind of, that's another project as well. But yes, I've played around with performance, yeah. Yeah, so basically you're going, um, look, I've, I've done my fair share of arts admin and I'm ready to really strive out as a yeah independent artist in my own right. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Well, you know, um, any of us who are practising artists, we acknowledge that that is... While it's a difficult road to travel, it's also one that has to be travelled. You have to at yeah. least try it and, yeah. and um, you know, wish you all the best. Hope you can. Thank you. Yeah, it's scary, but I think it's... Yeah, it is scary. There's but no I... way unless you do it, it's not going to be done. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. It's scary, but it's also exciting. Um, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And you got some runs on the board, which means that you know mm. you're not, not going out there with with yeah. blank slate. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of yeah. And also, I've been working on it off and on for the last few years as well. So I've kind of got a scaffold of the whole book already. So I've just got to sit down and put in the meats. You've worked with finishing school, and and you've yeah. you've worked with networks around Western Sydney, haven't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, yeah, and I've recently started an online space for Iraqi creatives all over the world who are majority diaspora and we're also I'm meeting a lot of people through that as well and collaborating with people so it's been it's been a time Mm. it's been quite a time (laughs) if if, if there was one if we'll get to our main topic in a sec but Uh if there was one Iraqi diaspora writer that you would recommend people go and read if they don't have a grounding in Mm-hmm. You know, as cultural Iraqi people, yeah. what, what, who would you recommend? Um, so there is a playwright in America named Heather Raffo. She is of Assyrian um, American descent, Iraqi Assyrian, and she's written a play that was quite, um, very, quite uh, famous. Actually, did tours, did an international tour as well as won a few awards. It's called Nine Parts of Desire. Um, in response to the book, if you've heard of Nine Parts of Desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not really to do with anything, with <laughs> any kind of connection to the book. It's actually uh, about nine different Iraqi women. Yeah. And it, she performed it herself as a one-woman play and used... If you've ever seen the Iraqi kind of women, they wear this long cloak type thing. So she used that to switch into different characters and used it in many different ways and the different women range from different historical contexts as well as very different personalities so there's an artist who is a communist and just you know typical bohemian type character uh, very assertive and uh, knows who she is and then there's um, an old lady who's a widow and uh, she's very very religious and there's young woman who's pregnant and there's just a, a real broad spectrum so it's it's the first time I saw that range of Iraqi characters and I really enjoyed it and she's got uh, quite she's doing quite a lot in America for Iraqi stories so yeah definitely recommend her okay and I guess in America's got a it's got a fairly fraught history with the Iraqi with identity <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I think that was also partly what led her to write that because she went to Iraq then came back to America and then the war was declared um, and she ended up kind of responding to that being both because she's half white American and half Iraqi so she she's kind of both and responded to it like that and she writes she's written a few other plays that are also quite successful so let's get on to what we were going to be talking about today because um, you know, and, and you may well have to fall back on some of this information that, that we're going to talk about because you know, you're heading out into the <laughs> wide, wide, scary world of being a sole trading artist. How long ago, about a year back, you, you came to the people at Westwards mm-hmm. where you were working, where you are working, and you said, mm-hmm. I think there's a, a need here for some kind of framework around or some sort of series of seminars, or I can't remember exactly how you framed it originally. Yeah. For people who are 
emerging writers, but not so much about the craft of how you put the words together, but a different element of that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, actually, it came from um, Michael Campbell, who's the executive director here. He had this idea of um, giving over the Westward space to a bunch of emerging artists and, and uh, mentoring them through how to run an event. Mm. And so I thought that that was a really cool idea and kind of let that sit in my head for a bit and started to think about what gaps I saw uh, as support within the whole arts tapestry in Sydney specifically. What gaps were missing and how to counter that, what kind of program we could do. And I started to think about my own career and before I started at Westward, where I was and what where I was when I started thinking about the program a year or two later. And the main thing was, yeah, you know that you've got to work on your writing and you know that that side of the craft side seems to be the core focus in most programs and most artist minds, especially when you, you're at that age where you just decided you, you want to take it seriously. But what there is a lot of lack of awareness about, and there's not many programs that do this, is actually understanding what being an artist actually entails outside of the craft. Like, yeah, okay, you've got a book, now what? What do you do with that? So I thought, why don't we have hybrid mentoring and hybrid educational academy type uh, program which mm. ended up becoming Westwoods Academy where it's it's targeting emerging emerging artists so just kind of the very beginning or not the very very beginning but to a point where you still feel new and but you know that this is something that you really you, want to pursue exactly you know, okay. yeah you know because I, yeah. I guess the um, you know looking back on on my own back into my own sort of adolescence and and teen years when I knew that writing was something that I really wanted to do I suppose I just looking back on it now I just remember thinking I want to be a writer I've got a bit of an idea about what an I what a story might be and then in my own mind I would spin forward very quickly to being a middle-aged guy in a turtleneck sweater in my house overlooking the ocean <laughs> preparing for my cocktail party that was going to launch my you know sort of like the mm. um you know like the the hollywood version yeah, exactly. of what a writer is you know if, if you think of that movie misery the the, the main character in in the movie misery yeah. who, who is um oh i've forgotten his name people listening will know immediately what his name is but the reality of course is that at some point you've actually got to write that book and yeah. I mean, do you think it's a, it's, is it different in Australia from, say, in the United States, do you think? Do you think you can make a more of a living in the States than you can here, for example? Uh, I would have no idea. I think it's hard enough knowing your own landscape, let alone thinking about the other landscapes. But that is something you eventually have to think about if you do want to expand your career mm. into international spheres of influence <laughs> because as, as a writer myself from who writes young adult and kids stuff mm. um it's a it's a slightly different landscape from mm. people who are writing literary fiction or people who are writing i mean poetry it's mm. notoriously hard to make a living being a poet yep um yep. in fact 
the only poets I know who actually make a full-time living from their poetry are people who write poetry for children because yeah. they then get on the schools tour and that's that's where the, 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 the circuit, cash is. Yeah, yeah. So how did you, so what, what are some of the gaps that you saw? I mean, you've, you've gone, you've sort of mentioned them in passing, but, but what was the, what do you think was the big one that made you go, that is the skill that I think writers really need? Well, just admin, to be honest. <laughs> admin, um, understanding ABNs and understanding the financials, the laws, the regulations, <laughs> just all of that aspect. So... You know, like I would, because I've been working in the arts for a while, uh, I would meet <laughs> new people or uh, who wanted to pursue these things and they'd ask me all these questions and I'd, I was, I would just sometimes be really shocked that they didn't know these things. Of course, I forget that I've, I didn't know those things mm. not long ago. But even understanding how funding works, like uh, my uh, close friend of mine, he's got ideas for like uh, screenplays and articles and he just doesn't understand it at all and just having a tangible grasp of the industry you're going into it's not just writing a book and magically getting a publisher and if only it were that easy I know but it's actually networking like Mm. I think it's there's this idea that writing is uh, you do everything in solitude solitude well i guess you do in a sense to a point yeah yeah yeah. uh yeah you do everything in solitude and then somehow your book gets on the shelf but it's just really not like that and even that lack of awareness just going from there and actually understanding one there are before you get a book you need you don't have to but it is very beneficial to get your name in people's heads and mouths and to get exposure for yourself and the way you do that is you get published in literary magazines and journals and news news outlets and all sorts of things uh get your name known do some do some press stuff but i mean there's no there's no clear path through there isn't no i mean for example one of our one of our fellows, mm. um, she is, you know, Rawa, she is a TikTok mm. star. Yeah. And and I've had a look at some of her TikTok clips and, yeah. and you know, they're very interesting. She She's talking to her dad about, you know, how how he immigrated to Australia and, you know, some of the challenges he faced and there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there that, that's had a lot of views. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way for most people, is it? Yeah, exactly. So that is something I did think about because... You know, we're in the age of social media and viral, despite being in actual pandemic, there is also... <laughs> there's good viral as well. There's good viral, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and and this culture of, like, fame and celebrity culture. And while you don't have to pursue that, but what what is important to understand is to utilise the tools that are available to you in your particular historical moment so for me it was social it's social media maybe in a few years who knows like I I can't even fathom what it would be but you know back in the day it was when the internet first started it was blogs blogs were getting really big like I recently found out WordPress and all that sort of thing yeah I recently found out about a woman who 
Her pen name is Riverbend, but she blogged her experience during the Iraq war actually. And that ended up being turned into a book. And it was like a New York Times bestseller. Uh, and that was during like 2003. So during the early 2000s to 2010s, blogs were the thing. And MySpace started in 03, so it was all around the MySpace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Facebook and then all the other ones popped up. But now we've got TikTok and that was like not even a year old, <laughs> maybe just over a year. And America's just banned it. Has it actually? Because <laughs> they're worried that the Chinese are spying on oh, on them yes. through TikTok. Because yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I get it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? That oh, there's all these different kind of avenues. I remember, I remember, you know, name drop. I remember mm. talking to David Levithan, who wrote Will Grayson, Will Grayson with mm. John Green. I was on a panel with him at a festival in Perth. Yeah. And I remember him saying that. I was talking to him about some of the stuff I was trying to do with Twitter or Facebook or whatever, trying to get some presence. And he said, he looked at my stuff and he said, you know what your biggest problem is? You're too sporadic with when you put it up. He said, if I've learned one thing from John and Hank Green, who are the, you know, the nerd fighters guys. Yeah. And I'll use his words. He said, you don't do it half-assed. He said, if you're going to do it, do it and do it properly and do it all a lot. Yeah. Don't, don't expect Commit. people to come yeah. back and, and wait for you to put the next thing yeah. up. Yeah, especially now when content creation is is overwhelming. Like there's even just in terms of watching things, we've got Netflix, Stan, all these different streaming networks and they've all got hundreds and hundreds of things. And then in the reading world, you've got Medium. You've, now there's this other website, uh, other like blogging slash newsletter thing called Substack. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. A lot of I writers not, are I'm using old. that. Yeah. A lot of writers are using that now during um, during Corona to fund their lives. Basically, there's Patreon and there's Discord, which is like a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's such a fast paced world, and you can't yeah you can't expect people to be devoted to you, especially if you haven't given them enough of a reason to. You know. Do you think that? I mean, all of these platforms that you're talking about they are useful for a couple of things one of them is for the publicity of course and the, yeah. the brand building your brand and I was looking at Rawa's thing on yeah. TikTok today and she's had one and a half million likes mm. of her stuff I think yeah. that's, that's cumulative across all of yeah. her but still she's got like that's a lot of that's a lot of people 10k right? followers yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. a lot of people yeah um, and I remember when um, when I worked with John Green a few years ago in Melbourne he when I found out that he was going to be on the same panel as I was going to be on, I, 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 I went. Brain. To, well, no. First of all, I went to Twitter, and and he had that's pointing out half a million Twitter followers, and uh, and about uh, three or four weeks later, when we actually got to Melbourne together, I checked again, and he had eight hundred thousand Twitter. Followers. He'd added three hundred thousand in the three weeks since I'd yeah. spoken with him. And what, th- was this for a festival? Yeah, I was for the um, for a conference for oh, um, yeah. reading matters, but yeah. But then a lot of people are using these sorts of platforms to actually host their writing, aren't they, as well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's People are doing all kinds of, like, video essays are a really big thing that I'm really enjoying on YouTube these days. Just people who are very uh, upset, well, you know, not, not in a bad way, but you know, film buffs and um, TV critics and, you know, previously TV critics and film critics only had a little column in a newspaper or like a news or a magazine and they had to 
keep churning it out until and it had to be good otherwise they'll just get someone else but now you have your own platform and you have a visual element on YouTube where you actually put the clips from where what like the film that you're talking about and do a whole video essay of your own voice and then you can direct those people to your personal profile and and it's this whole other way of doing things but at what point does all of this start being a distraction from your writing you know I, i've yeah. In, in the YA scene in particular, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of young adult writers, and by that I mean writers for young adults and young adult writers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, who spend a crazy amount of time making sure that their Goodreads page is well, is, is you know, visited a lot. Yeah. And they, they spend so much time working on that side of their, that they don't actually seem to have the time to either write enough volume or write enough quality. Yeah. Um, how, how is that part of what you deal with in the academy is how you kind of navigate that you know how you prioritize the publicity versus the actual art yeah I think I mean it's definitely something I haven't thought enough about because I'm not there yet to be honest it does take a lot of time because you do get caught up in the excitement if you do get some kind of uh, small fame or you get some traction to your page or mm. your platform wherever it is but I think the the key thing is to actually utilize that and update people on your writing or instead of just on like other people's writing or or trying to be a cult of personality in your own right I mean I've seen yeah. that a lot in I've seen that a lot in Goodreads with young adult um, oh, yeah, yeah. where people they people become so fixated on their brand and, and replying to all the reviews that people write and arguing their case and saying, oh, really? yeah, when I said this, I didn't mean that, you've misread me. And <laughs> I think to some extent you just have to go, you know what, I've, I'm just going to get on with writing another book now. Yeah, I think that's, I actually, no, no, um, I've not known many people to use Goodreads like that. I always thought that Goodreads was just done on its own, but I guess someone has to do it, right? <laughs> Well, well, it's all, it's all, I, I mean, I think that <laughs> I, I'm a muso and I, I know that one of my favourite places to go when I'm looking at musical instruments and, and things like that is, is um, Musician's Friend because I know that all the ratings on there are by people who have gone and bought that product yeah. and taken it home and so they're not people in magazines commenting on, you know, these really kind of specific parameters but they're yeah. people going, I took this amplifier home and it sounded like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Goodreads is like that for readers. And Goodreads should, I think, be a bit like that for readers. Sure. However, <laughs> however, you get a lot of people who are very uninformed on there. Yeah, that's and, true. Um, but that's the thing, I think, is those are the people that you want to read your books to an extent, as in, like, the majority. Sure, but I mean... <laughs> you I, can't I, just I, speak to the intellectuals. No, no, well, I'm not talking about intellectuals. I guess what I'm talking about is the idea that I mean, the equivalent for me a lot of the time is um, you look at TripAdvisor and someone will go, I, I usually ignore the one star and the five star reviews, unless there's lots of fives. But yeah. I usually ignore the ones and the, because they're usually people going, oh, it was a really nice stay, but but they lost my key card in the pool. So one star, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Goodreads yeah. is often the same. It's like, oh, yeah. it was really good. I, like, I liked it and I read it all the way through in one sitting, but... I didn't like the name they chose for the main character. One star. <laughs> <laughs> but that still tells you something. Well, it tells you that they... Yeah. Tells you that tells the book something. was 
readable. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, but I mean, then a lot of people go and they look at the star. Oh, it's only had one star there. That must have been. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like that with um, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. So, who's some of the people you've ha- posted on the on the Academy? Uh, so, so you mean for the seminars? Maybe mm. you should explain that a little bit. Okay, so, so let's explain that. We have seminars. Who are some of the people? You've <laughs> yeah. So with the academy, there's each of the um, participants. They get a mentor specifically for their craft, and they go and do their thing. We don't really deal with that. But then every month, I organise a seminar. So in the first first instance. Um, in the first month of the academy program we did admin and promotional skills which is kind of what we're talking about now Um, and that was me and Michael because we do that for a living (laughs) so we thought we'd we'd be pretty good at that Um, and then the second seminar what was that one I think I don't recall (laughs) well okay let's just go through the topics and then I'll remember oh we had uh, an agent slash publisher whose name has completely slipped my mind. Jane Novak? Oh, we did have Jane Novak, yeah, Jane Novak. She's talking about pitching to agents, I think. Pitching to agents and pitching to publishers. And then we also had Jono Ravanche, who is actually um, big on Twitter, but which is partly how, how they've created their career, but which goes back to what we were saying before. But he's also um, a journalist and uh, writes a lot of, op-eds and things like that and it's been in pretty much every every magazine and news outlet you can think of they've been on a lot of those so um they spoke to that emerging part of the pitching um yeah that was that was a really good one the academics really enjoyed that because they got the publishing side and the articles and which is closer to where they are um and also Jono hasn't written a book yet so they felt like oh I could be there as well which is a really nice thing for the mm-hmm. academians uh, yeah the last thing you want I think the hard part about doing seminars for really emerging people is you don't you have to be careful not to make them feel like it's unattainable like their goals are unattainable so I was really mindful to curate the program in a way where they get a mix of you know very established people and people who were just a little bit past emerging but still technically emerging so at a point where people know their name or they've got publications we had alex adset she is an agent for specifically uh speculative fiction yeah, from in brisbane, brisbane yeah. yes uh she did on copyright actually okay which was a really really good one because copyright something that people don't really und- i mean i don't think any of us really understand yeah as as definitely it's i mean it's law so it's but it's, it's also that's one of the other things that's changed hugely with the internet and all these different platforms is how copyright works and how exactly yeah how um, royalties work and all of those things yeah mm. yes and alex actually also teaches a uh, teaches a master's class about uh, royalties and copyright so she had all the kind of qualifications that, sh- that you could imagine for that. So that was really great. Yeah. Really. Uh, and then you. Yeah. <laughs> about touring. Touring, Planning yeah. a tour, which I haven't yeah. done for a while. Yeah. Too busy talking about it and not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think Michael's no. going to be doing one about grant writing because grant he's writing. just come out of a whole bunch of grant rounds mm-hmm. and he writes very good grants. Yes, grant it's, it's his 
bulk of his job. Yeah. And so integral to being an artist. That's. Well, it is. I mean, I guess I guess the only thing I would say, and we'll wrap up in a sec, but I think mm. the, only, the only thing I'd say about that is there, there is a occasionally a, a bit of a mentality amongst writers that there is an entitlement to getting a grant at some point. You know, yeah. A lot of people have said to me over the years, oh, I've never had a grant, when is it my turn? And, and of course, the, the honest answer to that is, well, maybe never. Maybe yeah. Never. Um, but, but by and large, people who I've spoken to who haven't got grants is because they haven't written an yes, application that yeah. gets and attention. And because it's it. not taught to anyone. Mm. It's changing. Mm. I wonder what the grants in like five years will be like. Who knows? <laughs> the newer artists. Well, I guess that's the crux of it um, is how will any of us look in five years, ten years, fifteen yeah. years? I mean, if you know, I think mean, you brought Ernest Hemingway back now and showed him the, the landscape of oh, literature, he'd probably be or he'd probably go and maybe just go fishing again he'd go fishing some more yeah you know, he might write another book though he might write another book um, with his parchment <laughs> is he that old <laughs> oh no he was typewriter but yeah, typewriter. yeah, yeah. Uh, parchment <laughs> i really don't know what i'm talking about oh well, he wasn't that old he, i mean he wasn't um i think i was Stephen thinking about charles King. dickens you were thinking of dickens yeah <laughs> i get them mixed the up. only two white writers you know <laughs> charles no. dickens and ernest hemingway they're just the the ones I think of. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I mean, it's it's funny you say that because Dickens was different from how we imagine writers anyway. Because he was all his a lot of his books, like Great Expectations and, and Oliver Twist and so forth, mm. they were being serialized in newspapers exactly. anyway. So he, he was ahead of the game in his own way. Yeah. And you know, even if you find his work a little bit stodgy, <laughs> for the time it was actually cracking pace because it had to have the wrap up at the end of each. Yeah. Chapter, yeah. Which is basically what blog posts were eventually. It's crazy, actually. It's, it's all different. It's all the same, but it's all different. I don't think it's... In the end, writing is always words on a page or words being spoken. so Or, like, stories and storytelling, so... I wonder what to Michelangelo <laughs> would have made of Instagram, you know? <laughs> Sits down to a nice meal and he goes, Oh, oh hang you on. You have to explain hang the on. internet first. <laughs> And well, the phone. <laughs> well, he'd sit down to an ice meal and go, I've just got to record this for posterity, pull out a chisel and some marble and start <laughs> making a little sculpture of his dinner so I can show someone later. Maybe, I don't know. Is that how it works? I, I don't know. know. I've yeah. seen the Flintstones do something similar. It's <laughs> <laughs> how they took a photo. They just chisel it out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, um, I guess we're going to be doing the Academy. Well, you won't be here to see it, but you're going to be doing the Academy again next year year mm-hmm. um i wish there'd been something like this when i started out i yeah, remember almost I bursting into tears the the night that um i had to put in my first uh bass, What's a bass? business activity statement because mm. john howard had brought in gst and suddenly i had to do a business activity statement and i'm sitting there going i didn't become a writer because i like maths i became a writer because i'm not good at maths i'm good at telling stories yeah and now i'm expected to calculate all this stuff and i couldn't get myob to work and mm. oh it was just horrible and i thought yeah you know. and in different forms that happens to most writers <laughs> so that's part that's the main reason why i wanted to do the program yeah so yeah. hopefully it'll yeah. help people <laughs> well thank you so much Harja for thank chatting you. about that and all the best in your own uh, career thank you hopefully you'll become are you going to become an academian probably not probably not <laughs> well, well thanks for chatting with us and we'll talk to you again soon yeah